seems like too easy. I know, right? Can it really be this easy? We are recording this on an iPhone 7. Uh, I'm here with a man, Ahmed Klink. Doctor, Dr. Klink here. Thank Doctor. you for being on the podcast. Doctographer, I suppose. Yes, doctographer. So let's get right into it. We've been talking for a while today. He's having me on his awesome uh, rooftop here. So thank you for having me in your of beautiful course. home. Thanks for coming. Yeah, definitely. So let's get into it. I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this. You uh, were born in Lebanon uh, right. in the midst of a civil war. Correct. Uh, we're about to have a civil war here in America. I'm not sure if you've heard. Um, and then you were a refugee to, to France. So uh, walk me through your journey as it's uh, quite different. Yeah, so I was, uh, I was born um, in Lebanon, in the north of Lebanon, in a, in a town called um, Kalamun, which is uh, super close to Tripoli. And um, at the time, there was, a, there was a civil war going on, a, a pretty big one in Lebanon. I was, uh, I was living with my grandparents at the time. Uh, because my parents were uh, studying um, medicine in Romania, um, they had left, and uh, my grandparents raised me for two years uh, in Lebanon, and and in this little town. And uh, when I turned about two years old, I think the situation was getting a little too dangerous out there. And uh, my cousin, who was um, who was also traveling to Europe at the time, decided, you know, in concert with my parents and my grandparents, they were like, "Hey, it'd be a good time to to get him out of the country." And um, so we basically uh, fled Lebanon. Uh, my cousin was 17 years old at the time, which is pretty young to carry a baby that is two years old with him yeah. on a bus uh, through the Syrian border. So we, we left uh, Lebanon through Syria and then onto a plane to France, I suppose. I don't remember any of this really, yeah. but uh, that was the beginning of my journey. And then from then... Uh, from then on, I grew up in France and had a super, you know, super happy childhood. And you know, my parents and my my dad was painting a lot um, at the time. He was also shooting a lot. He had a, a small uh, uh, Minolta film camera uh, that he was carrying around, and um, he was he was he was a lot into painting. So uh, we we would go to see you know Monet's house or Van Gogh's house in the south of France. Uh, Monet was like uh, right outside of Paris. Uh, so I definitely grew up around I grew up around that a pretty creative environment I think uh, me as a kid you know they got me they got me a computer when I was about six or seven years old um, no, game no no game boy <laughs> I really I wanted a game boy real bad and, yeah. and my uncle was teasing me all the time I was like I want to get you a game boy for your birthday and, yeah. and he never did I think my parents were always against that always against video games consoles as well yeah. so like no here's a computer you know do things and i remember kind of like trying to code stuff when i was like eight yeah you know i was like kind of fascinated by by that and uh i think you know it really fostered my 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 creativity and um it, it was awesome it was great um yeah it was, it was a definitely cool environment to grow up in and then I think I the the irony is I never and I kind of never grew up wanting to be a photographer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind you of found like a point and shoot camera, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I moved to Paris uh, for college and 
I was a lot in, I was super into engineering and I, I still am, you know, kind of a nerd uh, for, for nanotechnologies and nanoparticles and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I've always loved space. I, I basically wanted to be an astronaut. I was like, wow. I'm going to go, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to, I'm going to leave this I place. Too. I didn't have a brain for it though. Right. It's it's tough. It's tough. But I remember going to Houston, you know, when I was 15 years old and like visiting NASA for the first time. And I was like, holy shit, this is dope. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like Apollo 13 and like all these movies. And well, I never wanted to be a photographer. And um, that that's something that came pretty late in life, I think. Um, I graduated college about... Uh, when I was 24 in Paris and I was looking for a job and I couldn't really find anything and I wanted to do a, I wanted to pursue a PhD uh, and I had this opportunity funnily enough uh, through my, uh, through my really outside. I know <laughs> uh, through my cousin who actually got me out of Lebanon for the first time he was like hey I have a friend in New York and he runs a you know biomedical engineering lab at Mount Sinai right across Central Park over here. Wow. We, we can see the building in, in that, oh, in that that's, corner. That's so cool. I know. I used to work there. That's amazing. That's so cool. Uh, so he was like, I have a friend there, you know, wanted you to connect with him. And uh, I connected with him and he was like, hey, yeah, you can, you know, you can come and we'd be happy to have you as a student here. And, and that was the beginning of my journey uh, to New York. Um, and right before I left for New York, I basically found this little point-and-shoot camera because I had nothing to do in Paris. Um, a a so Sony Cybershot that my mom had bought in Japan. It was like one of the first ones. It was yeah. like five megapixels. Yeah. Like your iPhone takes better picture than this now. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I found this camera and I just kind of started out, started going out in Paris and just taking it everywhere with me and just like shooting on the streets and... And, and kind of finding a love for photography and capturing these these moments. It was a lot about documenting my last year in Paris before I left because I was like, I've lived there for so long and I hadn't any tangible uh, physical memories of it. Right. I was like, I've never, I had never, you know, been to places where a lot of people travel to Paris come to see. Right. So I started taking my camera and just like kind of documenting the life in Paris and, you know, the people on the streets and, and yeah, things like that. <laughs> the Eiffel Tower, right? So that was, that, was, that was super nice. That was great. And then my dad got me, a, I think, a, a, my first reflex camera for, uh, for my birthday right before I left for New York. And, wow. and then I was off to New York. So now we're in New York. Uh, this is 2007, correct? Yeah. And you're coming to here to get your PhD in biomedical engineering? Correct, yeah. Dude, that's so insane. I can't even pass, like, pass like basic algebra, so <laughs> kudos to you on doing that. Um, so what's it like when you come to New York? How is it different? Um, and how do you turn into the photographer that you are today? So I came to New York uh, for the first time. Uh, I had been here when I was about 17 years old, but I just didn't quite ever think I would live here or there was never a moment where I came to New York when I was 17 and be like oh my god this yeah. is it this is my this is city of dreams yeah. right that never hit me right you know it was really interesting it was kind of more like hey there's this opportunity in in this in this hospital in this biomedical engineering lab and ha it happens to be in New York right I was like cool that can't hurt 
you know, like you pay for your room and board and everything. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I kind of found they had like housing across uh, on Park Avenue, and it was a, like two blocks away from Central Park, which was kind of nice on the Upper East Side. And I had never been the apartment. I had never seen the apartment that I was I was gonna be in <laughs> until the day I actually arrived. Wow. Uh, and you know, moving moving from Paris, and you know, my mom has like a pretty cool apartment. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, you know, like arrived. Paintings on the wall. Right. <laughs> like I arrived from I arrived from the airport and and you know make my way to the Upper East Side and then I see this building and it's like oh my god that kind of looks like rugged a little bit you know yeah. like it's a little old like pre-war building and right. inside is kind of like these mosaic tiles that are quite beautiful but just kind of roughed you know yeah. like. Uh, and uh, it's a five floor walk up, so I have to go all the way up. And then I entered this apartment that has. to a four floor walk up. <laughs> That's <now>. great. <laughs> I know walk ups in New York are kind of like. Yeah. I'm just, now I'm, I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah, you're used to it. I have a roof, so like I'll take it. Yes. I'll, I'll climb stairs for that. Um, and I kind of like enter this uh, this like tiny apartment with this giant hallway, and it's dark in there, and it's tiny, and I'm like, wow. Okay. Cool. Culture shock. I, yeah, a little bit of a, you know, moment where it's like, ooh, okay, this is, I guess, this is what it's gonna be for the next few years, you know. Um, I, I, I remember the only thing I could fit in my bedroom was the bed, but whatever, you know. Like yeah. I was a block away from, from work, and it was the excitement of of being here was was uh, was great. Um, so. And uh, I actually had a roommate uh, with me that was that was also studying photography at uh, the International Center of Photography uh, down in uh, in uh, in Midtown, and I think we kind of just clicked and uh, we started kind of shooting together and you know going to concerts. Serendipity. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that uh, it was good times, man. Just. You know, going to work during the day and 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 just going to shoot concerts down in in Lower East Side or, or or Williamsburg or you know going to like these small bars like pianos or cake shop or right. or all these little venues to just kind of like you know Mercury Lounge just to to shoot bands. That's what I was shooting. I was shooting a lot of music and live music. Uh, and then I started shooting for like Pitchfork, like small publications back in 2009. Yep. Uh, Pitchfork was not as big as it as, as it is now, but um, cool opportunities. They were paying me ten dollars to shoot a show. Yeah, which ten dollar checks, right? Yeah, <laughs> I remember these ten dollar checks, man. That was that was that was that was fascinating. Uh, I would shoot all these shows, and they would send would me all day, and they would end it with ten dollars. Ten dollars, you know, just like. It was quite it was quite intense because you have to shoot the show and then you know that usually ends around you know ten eleven then you have to retouch the photos and then send them out so they can be published the next day so I would never go to bed before two or three a m and then you were going uh, to medical and, school and then I was going to med school for yeah for the next PhD. day for my PhD. yeah you yeah were yeah out of your mind, yeah 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 <laughs> it was it was intense for sure it was cool though you know and and Smarter I remember I, I remember going to to the lab and 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 people look at my wallpaper on my computer and it was like a bunch of photos I took uh, the night before or whatever and they were like did you take that that's kind of amazing what are you doing here uh, and uh, you know I, I think that that kind of planted the seed in my mind of, of like yeah, I guess my work is pretty good, you know, I think, yeah. I mean, I knew my work was good, but 
I was like, okay, maybe it is. When medical students were intrigued by it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like, okay, that's that's that that's interesting. Uh, so you know, I kept shooting and I started shooting bigger and bigger shows. Uh, graduated from you know little Lower East Side bars to Madison Square Garden. I remember shooting The Killers and like M83 and Metallica. You know, like uh, I think that you know bigger and bigger bands and. Uh, then I, I shot a big music festival uh, in 2009 with like Jay-Z and, and Coldplay and uh, there was like 30,000 people there and that was cool and that's a time where I decided to shoot portraits because I was trying to figure out how to, how to shoot something different than live music. Right. Because I wanted Something that, that could be wrong, could right? I was like, how can I, how can I sort of like graduate from that? And because I wanted to shoot for magazines and I wanted to shoot, you know, people. Um, and I think a lot of music photography you don't really have control over because obviously the person on stage does whatever and right. the lighting is changing all the time. So I think that it taught me how to adapt quickly to you know right. a changing get shot right yeah, yeah. get my shot and i think that's why i'm such a fast-paced shooter that mm -hmm. i can ad adapt to any situation because i come from that training i come from like right. holy shit this light is moving at you know 20 miles an hour and fucking yeah. changing colors at the same time and jay-z is yeah. bouncing left to right and you know you have to kind of adapt to that and i think that that's my training and that's why i'm such an adaptable photographer I can I can do I feel like I can do anything there's nothing that's gonna throw me off right um, so when that festival that music festival came around I decided to shoot try to shoot portraits there um, and uh, I by chance stroke of luck again um, received kind of the entire master contact list of every publicist of every of every band how did you get that uh i don't know the organizers of the festivals just like attached it in an email chain that was so it was like jay-z the killers coldplay all these people right all these people i had their publicists contact like wow. email so i emailed everyone about i don't know 100 100 bands right yeah. i emailed everyone i was like hey i'll be in the press area uh i would love to take a portrait a quick portrait of your of your uh of your band and it's gonna take two minutes you know I literally wrote that in the email I was like it, it would probably even take one minute right. uh, and obviously you know some bands re replied yes and some bands replied no obviously Jay-Z and all these guys said no right. uh, but I got some cool shots I got the cool kids I got Vampire Weekend I got Mastercraft you know they seem pretty cool are they cool? yeah they're super chill yeah. they're, they're from here too uh, oh, wow. and, and Ezra went to Columbia University I, I think also has right, like kind right, of a right, right. Yeah like a, a college education like a story kind of similar to mine which was which was really interesting so That's i got dope. i was able to capture in three days i think about 10 wow. bands you know and and i just brought like a wide backdrop with a flash uh and you know just and that was different than what other people had right that was yeah i think no one was doing that yeah. everyone was kind of like shooting the live performances no one was kind of like getting portraits in the press area at the time or or definitely did not have a studio set up right or if they were getting portraits they were kind of getting portraits on the fly you yeah. know uh i brought like a wide background and like an entire studio set up basically yeah. and uh so it looked like i shot them in the studio and then i was like 
cool now I have that and I can go to magazines right and yeah. I can show this work and and I have you know pretty well known bands in there so yeah. let's see all in one shoot all in one shoot in three days wow uh, so that was that was definitely super super helpful and and, and uh, I think I, I was able to capture these bands doing you know I think there was a lot of love in these photos a lot of camar- camaraderie yeah. and a lot of Sometimes we were doing silly things, and, and it had a lot of personality. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a happy person. I'm a very, um, I don't really like to shoot posed portraits. I'm kind of more of a engaging, Same um, engaging photographer, and and they had a lot of personality. So I think that that magazines like that. And yeah. uh, one of the first magazines that gave me a shot was the Source magazine, um, and. Uh, yeah, I think that you know I went. I showed them. I showed them this portfolio of work, and they were like, "Cool." And two weeks later, they they called me. They were like, "Do you want to come in and shoot for us?" And I was like, "That sounds great. Let's do it." Uh, obviously, magazine didn't have any money, uh, but the source was a pretty big name for me. Uh, you know, listening to a lot of hip hop and 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 growing up, um, that was that was kind of a staple, right? Kind right. of a all right. Let's shoot for the source. Um, didn't have any money so I had to you know invest I had the chance that I was still doing my PhD and I was kind of getting a salary from that but it was 40 grand salary like what do you do with a 40 grand salary in New York said it's like ten dollars in New York City right exactly (laughs) so but I invested you know in these shoots and and the second shoot I I did for the source was actually Kevin Hart in 2011 Wow. Uh, yeah another young Kevin Hart another stroke of luck you can argue right? right it was like the source calls me and they're like, hey, here's, do you want to shoot Kevin Hart? And this is comedian. And I was like, yeah, it sounds good. You know, I had yeah. never heard of him at the time. And now he's a fucking superstar. So funny. So funny. He's yeah. amazing. And, and to, to this day, that's one of the funniest shoot I've ever done. He, yeah. was, he was already, you could tell he was going to be on, on point. Um, but he was again, always on, right? He was always on. Yeah. You know, I was able to get stuff out of him that, that that were amazing like all these different faces and different emotions and yeah. it just had a blast you know it's kind of it's amazing to shoot performers like that performers like that in in a studio setting because you just have a backdrop and a light yeah. on them but your interaction with them is what's going to make the shoot it that's right. what's going to make the pictures it's their ability to create these moments and, and 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 translate them on on camera. So it's amazing. I love Capturing, shooting like the moments in between kind of thing. Right. I like that. You yeah. know, like shooting like the photo in between photos and 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 performance performers are are really great great subjects for that. Actors are really great subjects for that. Um, if you if you if you manage to engage them on a on a on, on a certain on a certain level. Right. Um, That's dope. Yeah, and I think Kevin Hart, you know, it helped my career that it became yeah. so famous, <laughs> I think. You know, it's like, oh, the my God. the of your portfolio to the top of your portfolio. Exactly. I mean, I still have him in my portfolio. Yeah, yeah. And I shot that in 2011, you know. Wow. That was a while ago. That's amazing. But that's also, I think, a testament to how good the photos are, you yeah. know, because they kind of... They held up. They held up, you yeah. know. That, that's something that I'm, that I'm proud of. Um yeah, I think that, you know, once I kind of got that first assignment, yeah. it kind of like spit spitballed from there. Yeah. I uh, started, kept 
kept on shooting for the source. I think I got to walk a flock of flame. Uh, I shot the guy from Gym Class Heroes. Uh, you know, J. Cole, I, J. Cole was a J. Cole. J. Cole was a big one because I was a big fan of his music, and you know, he was putting all these mixtapes out. That was right before his first album. Wow. He was just signed with uh with uh with Jay Z at Rock Nation yep. and and he was about to put his first album out and and the source was like oh you know we're gonna photograph J Cole like are you down for that you know I had mentioned it to them I was like hey right. if you guys ever photograph J Cole just give me a call right so I I got to I got to photograph him right before he he dropped his first album which was kind of like a prime time uh, a prime time thing and I think that's actually the last photo shoot I did for the source. Because wow. after that, I was like, oh, moving you know, on moving thing. on to the next thing. Yeah. I think that's really important to always kind of like have goals and be like, all right, these guys helped me out to build my portfolio. But now, obviously, they're not giving me any money. Right. You know, I think it's kind of like a mutual relationship that you have with them. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. These guys are giving me access to talent and I'm giving them cool photos, you know. And... uh but after that, once you have enough right. talent in your book, right, you got to move on. Yeah, you can't you can't stay s- stuck in that place. So I did my research and looking for a lot of photo editors, and uh, I started shooting for Slam Magazine, a big basketball magazine. I was a basketball fan as well, and uh, that was uh, that was definitely kind of a a cool moment, you know, to start shooting for for again such a big magazine. Their budgets were not amazing again but yeah. you know did you always it, follow like your did you always follow like your um your curiosity and your passion because like you know, i think one of the reasons why i got along so well you know guys like you and jc and rich and all because we're all like huge hip-hop fans so we can like kind of relate on that so obviously you're passionate about like hip-hop music and basketball did you always follow your curiosity and your passion or was it kind of just like you happen to start on live music and you kind of followed the trail from there yeah i think that that's a really good question. I think that uh, one of the first things that I've learned from from uh, my mentors is to shoot what you love. Right. That's what that's what it is. Like, yeah. if you always shoot what you love, you will never one get bored or you know it translates the right. the passion and and the the emotion that translates. I love people. I love hip hop. I love basketball. And I've always shot that, you know. Yeah. I think that, in a in in a way, it's it's the best adv- advice that I've I've ever gotten is to shoot what you love. Yeah. And that's what now what I tell the students when I when I when I when I give talks and it's shoot what you love. Yeah. You know, are you into food? Shoot food. Right. Are you into I don't know. Like I love to party. I love to, you know, I lo- I I shot that. I've shot that. Absolutely. I think that it's it's such an easy thing and and also it forces you not to conform into trends or you know, it's like, "Oh my god, I'm going to shoot food because it's hot now or I'm going to shoot this because it's hot now or I'm going to shoot that because it's hot now." No, shoot what you love. What are you interested in, you know? And and that's that's a formula that I've always applied uh to my work. And and I think, I think it's the best one. Yeah, um, it's the best one. So, I, I shot a lot of basketball players and a lot of rappers. Uh, Slam Slam was a big one. They what I was shot. Kendrick, like? Kendrick was cool. Again, I shot Kendrick when he was about to drop his first album. Wow. I think that that was for Respect magazine. 
I think respect still exists. A lot of these magazines kind of folded, yeah. sadly. But uh, he was cool. He was uh, he's, he's shorter than than I thought. He's actually yeah. shorter than me, which was <laughs> which was a surprise. But uh, he was. You could tell that he's got that he's got that charisma and he's got that you know swagger and yeah. he he was very sure of very assertive you know right. i think that well like having met all these people i mean i think that like one of the things that kind of comes up is like you know you said like very assertive very you know like and i i this is kind of like something i've been thinking about for whatever reason i was thinking about this on like the way over here like you know you said about like meeting kevin hart and you know you kind of have and kendrick lamar all these different people that you know famous basketball players crazy people right people that are destined for glory destined for fame but it seems like there's a the, the common thread and i've read in your interviews is that like they all had an energy about them and and a confidence about them for like young entry-level designers that are coming up that may be you know like they they think because i feel like in today's culture it's like it's cool to be quote unquote to be like humble and i and I, I get that you should be not an asshole but when you meet these people and you come across them and you learn more about their personality like what what is it about their energy that's different because when you're a photographer you're you know you're looking through the lens but you're looking directly into their eyes you're seeing the person that they are what is it about people like that that really resonates and do you think that that's kind of the energy that you give out and give to the world is that like kind of what puts you on yeah i think that it's a very heady question but you know what i mean like no for sure i think that they they i think it's important to be to be assertive and there's no shame there's no there shouldn't be any shame or like i, I mean it, i get it it's cool to be humble and 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 all that but if you're good at something you're good at something you know right. what i mean like it but it's weird, like, but that's that's so weird, though. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like all over this place with this question. But like, for example, like, you know, I'm doing this podcast thing, right? Like, it would be frowned upon in American culture to, I, I feel like, to be like, for me to proclaim and be like, this is gonna be the biggest, greatest design podcast that's ever been, right? And it, it will be huge. Like, that's like, you can't say that. But if you don't, but if, but if I secretly think that in my mind, does it manifest itself into reality? Like, you meet young Kevin Hart. And while he may not be like standing on top of a mountain screaming, I'm gonna be the greatest. That, he like, probably thinks that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that this quiet confidence and like, I'm gonna be the best right. at what I do. Right. I'm gonna be the best comedian. Yeah. I'm gonna be the best basketball player out there. I'm gonna be the best rapper out there. I think they all believe that. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Do you think you have to have that though? In order, in order I, to... I think so. I yeah. think so. I truly believe that. Like, if. I hope everyone out there thinks that they want to be the greatest at what they do. Yeah. Because if you don't, who else is going to believe in that? Right. If not, if you, not you. you. Right, exactly. I think that I want to be out there and take the best photos I ever could. You know, like there's not a job. There's not a, there's not a moment. There's not, there's, not a, there's not a moment where I don't want to do or like well, don't want to perform at the best of my abilities you like, know it was like outdo yourself exactly i was yeah. like all right cool i shot travis scott cool i shot steph curry i you know i but i look back at at all of these and i'm like that was cool right what's next yeah you know like you have to have that like what if we, otherwise i'm just gonna retire yeah like what you know what i mean yeah like i think that 
to me, uh, I, I don't really dwell on the past. I, I really don't. I think that I move on so quickly from from these shoots or, or from from any achievement that it, it kind of almost sounds a little surreal. But, right. you know, it's like, all right, cool. That was that was great. Yeah. You know, we we had a great moment. We took some dope photos. And, you know, I think the ability of, of photos to having a long lasting uh, impact is great, especially now with like social media. And and it, it's cool. Like when I still see my photos of, of, of Steph Curry or right. of Russell Westbrook still out there, I think that it, it's it's super nice. But at the same time I always look forward to the next shoot yeah and like oh what else can we do like what else can how can we push that forward or you know uh, when I shot Future uh, we it was it was for the cover of Double XL and you know I, I think that I wanted to do something very psychedelic and very colorful and very pop culture and very immediate because I think that he is he's a rock star like I think yeah. rappers are the rock stars of our times right and Definitely. I wanted to capture him in that in that light mm-hmm. uh, you know and and all of a sudden you know you shoot that and then you see all these covers coming out or all these other photo shoots coming out that kind of replicate yeah that 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 lighting or whatever now. my look Your whatever look kind of like the M look I see it like a lot yeah 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 now you start seeing it it's, it starts popping out That's a lot it, it, it feels good I think that you know it it, it, it shows that you're making an impact on on, on on the popular culture which is which is great and and I always tell you know students you can't you can't really dwell on that like people people will copy you yeah That's great. It means you're doing something right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that you can't stop that. And I think to a certain point, you have to embrace it. It means that you are impacting yeah. what's around you. And, and okay. that there's something beautiful about that. You yeah. know, I think that and, and it happens in photography. It happens in design. I, I see Shane, you know, putting some work out. And then all of a sudden, everyone is kind of like doing the same thing yeah. or like trying to trying to replicate it. It's cool. It's cool. It's like, all right, come on, let's go. What what, what else you got? You know, yeah, yeah. I think it pushes you forward. So I shoot future in that light. And then I was like, all right, cool. What am I going to do with Travis? Yeah. Like, what is what is the next step? Like, I think that's that's really like John was saying, like John Contino was talking about it, you know, pe- about people ripping him off. And it's so funny because like he says, like, you know, people will be DMing me and they'll be like, you know, uh, Like, hey, so-and-so, you know, he's, he's ripping off your work. He's like, yeah, he's ripping off my shit from three years ago. And it's like, as long as you're the one exactly. that's innovating. Exactly. Like, that's my old shit. Have fun copying it. I'm on to the new one. Like, exactly. in three I think years, you'll be doing what I'm doing now. There's, there's nothing more true than that. I yeah. think that that is such a statement to like, all right, let's be ahead of the curve. Right. Let them copy, man. That was... That was a year ago. That was two years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm on to some other stuff right now. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's, that's where it's at. Definitely. For sure. Y- you just have to focus on yourself and, and, and do what you think is the best work, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I think that. And I think that applies to, you know, designers and that applies to, to photographers that are coming up. Uh, you have the chance to have your own voice. And I think you have to foster that so you know like you're talking about like um coming up right and and kind of like taking the momentum from past experiences and kind of pushing further but like one of the things i think that 
as I, I get a lot of like emails and DMs about is, you know, like, hey, I'm in school, I have this school work that I did, um, I like it, I'm not crazy about it, you know, I'm applying for jobs, they all want experience, they all want, you know, stuff like that. For somebody who is just leaving school or in school or, you know, is 50 years old and decided they want to try their hand at photography and, and at design, what would your um, your advice be for them in terms of creating work to kind of put yourself on because like you know there's definitely people that are gonna feel sorry for themselves and are, are gonna do that but there's a lot of people who have that enthusiasm who have that hard work ethic but don't exactly know how to channel that it's a little bit of like the shoot what you love thing right it's right. i think you have to put out there the work that you want to receive right it's 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 just as simple as that figure out what you want to shoot what kind of jobs you want to get what portrait what exactly what studio do you want to work at yeah and and make work that will appeal to these places so you know i was shooting portraits for a while and i was like how can i you know i just kind of started going out with my friends and i've always been partying a lot and in the city especially i think you know have this this tight group of friends and we're going out and and i always had my point and shoot with me and I basically had all these pictures, crazy pictures of, of us, you know, out and like these cool moments and... The rich too with the whole thing. Right. Yeah. I, I, like, you know, I think I've always been capturing these moments and I had all these photos on my computer and uh, and basically, you know, they're super poppy, super bright, super energetic and, and I was like, fuck it, like I'm going to put that on my website. I think it's cool, you know, and uh, the, the common thread is that they all have people in it you know i think faces. that faces in and uh they all have that kind of energy about them but uh to answer your question i think that you have that's basically what i did you know i i put that work out there because i was like let's see where that leads me i want to shoot lifestyle campaigns i want to shoot parties i want to shoot you know like it'd be nice it'd be cool to shoot that yeah and um and 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 that worked appealed to you know a lot of liquor brands. It was yeah. like, oh my god, these photos are cool. Like, party with party for three right. days. Three 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 days, <laughs> where I was literally directing parties. Me me and uh, me and my buddy Danilo at at BBDO, um, who's the ECD there. We literally just organized like three days of eleven parties and eleven parties in three days and, and it was it was it was amazing to do that. You know, we casted a bunch of people and like different locations and the concept was house party. So right. we basically threw like different house parties that were themed around, you know, whatever, St. Patrick's Days, Christmas, uh, Halloween, etc. etc. I shot these photos the exact same way I I would shoot my friends out in a bar. So again to go back to your questions, I think that you know, for any young designers, any young photographers out there that are trying to to work in a certain field or at a certain studio, I think do a project that is what you want to get back. Right. Make something that will look like the work you want to get. Right. There's nothing better than that. And there's nothing stopping you. And there's nothing stopping you either. Like, what is stopping you? Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, I think that... Seven, you do so much damage with just one, like... You know, Michel Gondry did an entire film on his iPhone. Yeah. It, I mean, this great. This podcast is made on an iPhone. This, yeah, is, a, this is a voice memo. Thank you, Steve Jobs. <laughs> you know, I think 
it's amazing. Like we live in a time where we have access to everything and there's literally no excuses. And I think that Amen. The only the only barrier is ourselves. It's it's our fear of being rejected. It's our fear of oh my god, what if someone doesn't like this? Right. You know, I think What if someone ruins me? I think <laughs> that I I I at the beginning of my career, of course, I was rejected a lot. You know, I would go to meetings and I was I was not ready. Yeah, we've all been there. But you have to go to meetings where you're not ready. Yeah, because if you don't, you'll never be ready. Right. You know, and and the rejection that you get is nothing personal. That's something that is truly, truly one of the most important thing. Never take it personally. I think that the right answer to rejection is not defeat but rather if someone tells you they don't like your work your answer should not be to go home but your answer should be do you know anyone who would right yeah because if that particular person did not like your work it's subjective it's subjective one right right? but it also means it's not the right fit like why would you want to work with a person that doesn't like your work right you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you go to a meeting and this person's like looking through your book. Yeah. And they're like, no. Yeah. And you're like, okay. But I think it's like, that. if that person had said no, it also means that you have to conform your work in a certain manner to kind of right. fit that mold to work with that person. And that means changing who you are, who you yeah. are to fit in a certain place and I don't think that's the right approach sometimes it's the wrong audience right you know sometimes it is the wrong it's truly the wrong audience like it's 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 not the work it's just you're not showing it to the right person yeah you know I think it's never personal I and maybe that's a simplistic view but I don't I, I don't think people are generally mean no they no one no one's gonna tell you your work sucks just for the sake of telling you your work sucks Make a project that will look more like you know something you want you want to receive back, and right. uh, and and if you get rejected, just ask that question. You'll make a ton of difference. As a designer, as an artist, as a photographer, you should have a, I think a, like a confidence into what you're creating, and and not necessarily tailor that to, you know somebody else somebody expectations. else's expectations. Yeah, right. like that's something that like not a lot of people talk about because it's like we live in we work in an industry that and rightfully so values the best practitioners and the best in the industry yes you should respect people and yes yes you should definitely hear out the advice of, of your superiors but you should also not take it as gospel because you know you grew up in a different times your influence is different absolutely like I'm a, I'm a, no one has yeah. my backstory you yeah, know what yeah. I mean like I, I no one's a doctor reviving <laughs> yeah I mean no one has my backstory I think no one else has your own backstory either I think that these right. are these are the things that make you specific and 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 that you know kind of shape you as as an artist and and uh, and what makes you different is what makes you special yeah absolutely I yeah. think truly what and and again rejection is something completely I used to be like so I fucking love it now I, I live for failure now. It's I, great. Yeah, I mean, it's great if you know how to spin it, right? I oh, think yeah. That I used to be devastated. It's like, oh, my God, I entered Young, Gun three, Young Guns three times, and I, I didn't win Young Guns. And, like, right. 
you know, I think that. But now, 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 now I'm judging young guns. <laughs> you know, I think that it again, it's not, it's not personal. Yeah. I think that if you truly believe in your work, you will be recognized. Yes. You will be recognized if you're more than if you're kind of like trying this a little bit to the left and then oh let me try to be a little right at the center and then yeah. try to be a little bit at the right and right. you know don't try to appease people right don't try to don't try to appease people i think just stay true to your vision and to your ideas and and you know i think a lot of artists out there that are so successful have such a defined voice yeah um and it it is hard to find that but and someone found that is because they also haven't changed it. Right. Yeah. Like like work on finding your voice but don't change your voice for other people. Exactly. I think a lot of a lot of students get out of school and they they have a very specific idea of what they want to make or what they want to do and some people don't. But they go to, you know, inter interviews and you know, they get feedback on their work and someone's telling them this and then the other person is telling them something different and the third person is telling them something completely and different and sometimes they then, suck and then you don't you still trust them because they're older but then like right and then <laughs> you just your work ends up being all over the place right so because it doesn't always like it doesn't always make sense you know what I mean I mean like me going on Amazon and like buying a $40 microphone or using my iPhone to interview like the best creators in the world that literally makes no sense at all it's not supposed to work. It's not. But it works because I believe in it. Right. So it's like if you be- believe in it and you stick to your guns, I kind of like that outlook actually. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely what it is. You know, I think that... Like seek out mentorship but also but also be, true to who you right, are. Right, exactly. Yeah. Be confident in your... Seek out mentorship, absolutely. But also be confident enough to be like, yo, I'm going to do me right now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is absolutely paramount I think and again I think once you do something that is truly inherently you people will see it people will recognize it and be like oh my god you're doing something amazing right our company is called Sunday afternoon because Sunday afternoon is a time of day where you do what you love at the heart of it it's the time of the week where you do what you fucking love. What I play guitar on Sunday afternoons. That, there you go. Yeah. Like th- that's the that's the moment where everyone kind of just find that sweet spot and be like, I'm just gonna do what I love right now. And and so much of Sunday afternoon is about that. Is about doing what you love and 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 pursuing the work that you love that you're passionate about. And I think it's truly fucking important, you know. And if if you don't believe in your work again, like who will? Dude, this has been amazing. Dr. Clink, thank you for being here today. We're actually on his rooftop. This is so cool. Sorry if the audio has been all over the place, but uh, I might start doing these a little bit more, a little more like uh, freestyle, just hanging out uh, podcast. But um, where can people find you? Sunday afternoon, obviously. But uh, I'm so happy to be, have met all you guys and to be part of your uh, thank the, you. the fam. You can find us, you know, we are Sunday afternoon on Instagram. That's our handle. Um, me personally, at Ahmed Clink on Instagram, uh, A-H-M-E-D-K-L-I-N-K. Uh, that's me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere around the world, basically. Word. International. International, and uh, yeah, it's been a blast, man, I think. Yeah. Thanks for, 
thanks for having this. We might have become best friends today, no sorry. <laughs> thanks for no, yeah, it was great. It was good good hanging out and I, thanks for having this outlet. I think it's it's yeah. really important, you know, uh to to get to talk about these things and for every 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 young designer and young artist that's that is trying to make it in this jungle that is that is New York City Savages. Or, you know, design community and <laughs> Yeah. It's it's tough, but uh, I think that you inspire a lot of people by 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 doing this podcast, and, and uh, I, it's been it's been great it's been great being being on it, sharing a bit of wisdom. Awesome! More Sunday afternoon people to come. Jesse Reeser and Jordan Bruner are coming on the podcast. I guess this month or maybe in September. I don't even know. I have so many. I need to stop inviting guests and start interviewing people. Or I'm gonna have a real backup here. It's good. It's good. It's good problems. Hell yeah! All right, man. God bless America, you know we all love them. Yesterday I got a call like from my dog like 101 Said they killed his only son because of insufficient funds He was sobbing, he was mobbing, way belligerent and drunk Talking out his head, philosophing on what the Lord had done He said, kid, I can you pray for me? It been a fucked up day for me I know that you anointed, show me how to overcome He was looking for some closure, hoping I can bring him closer to the spiritual My spirit do no better, but I told him I can sugarcoat the answer for you This is how I feel, if somebody killed my son, that means somebody getting killed tell me what you do for love loyalty and passion of all the memories collected moments you can never touch i wait in front of niggas spot and watch him hit his block i catch a nigga leaving service if that's all i got i chip a nigga then throw the floor in his lap walk myself to the court like bitch i did that ain't no black power when your baby killed by a coward i can even keep the peace don't you fuck with one of hours it be murder in the street it be bodies in the hour get over me on the street paramedics on the down let somebody touch my mama touch my sister touch my woman touch my daddy touch my niece touch my nephew touch my brother you should chip a nigga then throw the floor in his lap matter of fact i'm about to speak at this convention call you back all right kids we're gonna talk about gun control pray for me America's reflections of me, that's what America does. It's not a 